You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine, only on the BetQL Network. Welcome back into Tapped Out here on the BetQL Network. Big show today. Obviously, you get a chance to hear from Max Holloway, part of tonight's main event. Also, from Arnold Almighty Allen. But right now, it's time for the main event. As we welcome back on, friend of the show, he is the Bane. He is Ben Davis. He's coming back to Kansas City. The place is about to get weird. But before we talk about Kansas City... Let's go back to what we saw last Saturday night, man. Did you think, as that fight was going on, that Adesanya was going to bend Pereira up like a pretzel? Not at all. I mean, in terms of my 2023 bingo checklist, Alex Perea getting flatlined, certainly not on it. But the way that Adesanya cooked up that finishing combination parallels to their first fight, right? It's that same exact right over the top. But instead of that check left, he went without one. Bread and butter, baby, and it's it's good to see out of sound to get the belt back. I mean, trash talk aside, he's a fantastic fighter. What do you think is uh, the next thing that should happen for him, Ben? Uh, you know, he kind of alluded to uh, some some beefs that he wants to settle. Um, Pereira sounds like he's going to two hundred five. So, what do you think uh, should be next for Stop Better now that he has this conquest kind of behind him? You know, if I'm Israel Adesanya, I would want to close this chapter. I don't want to see Alex Perea again. That guy has ungodly power. He's already beaten me three prior times. I would want to move on from him as a a competitor. But if I'm the UFC, man, I'm I'm licking my chops trying to book that trilogy. That's as marketable as you could possibly get. Adesanya's already pretty much cleaned out the middleweight division. That hasn't changed, guys. Robert Whitaker's still the number one guy, unfortunately. So in terms of what's going to sell the most, if I'm the UFC, I'm putting the money behind Alex Prey and Adesanya running it back, but I don't think it's going to happen. And it looks like Pereira's going to be moving up a weight class. Who knows, though? I mean, this stuff's all very fluid. We got Ben the Bane Davis joining us here on Tapped Out. Let's stick with last Saturday night where Jorge Masvidal stepped in the octagon with Gilbert Burns. It was a it was a fun fight, obviously. I should say, obviously. Gil was a heavy favorite coming in. Dorino ended up winning that fight. When I when you think of Masvidal, kind of now in the rearview mirror, assuming that he doesn't come back, what do you think about his entire career? Because it was a weird one. It, dude, weird is the word. I mean, in terms of adjectives you could assign, it's weird, it's uncanny, it's unique. He's one of one. The king of Miami is certainly uh, irreplicable. And the fact that he had so much success so late in the the game that's really what's unique about him and what speaks to me about the kind of guy that he is he was largely unknown to the masses before 2019 when he toppled till in uh you know london and that was pretty late in the guy's career so you know i you know you can think about the wins the losses the um peaks the valleys but i'm happy to have seen it he was a great competitor a fun fighter and i wish him the best in, in all his other endeavors 
What did you make of uh, Gilbert afterwards saying that he he demands the next fight be for the title? He wanted to be the backup, but he's also saying, you know, that or basically was hinting, saying, let me go fight for the PFL. Let me go fight for a million and, uh, and dice people up over there. I don't believe him. I don't feel like Gilbert Burns can be a guy that sits out. I feel like he's just one of those guys that will go fight. Because even somebody asked him later in the presser about, like, fighting Usman, you could see his eyes light up that he wants to get that one back. So what did you make of Gilbert Burns' demands, and uh, do you believe him? I didn't love it. I'll tell you what. Didn't love the demands. I didn't think that they were necessarily warranted. Guys, he's got two wins currently, riding on a, a submission over Neil Magny and this decision over Jorge Masvidal. Guess what? Those guys aren't in the top five of the division. As much as I love the Haitian sensation and the aforementioned Miami uh, King, they are not guys that will get you a title shot. We are not too far removed from his loss to Hamzat Chimaev, which many thought that he won. I did as well. But you take a peek at the record books, it's still an L. So he's got a little bit more work cut out for him to get back to a title shot again he didn't look that fantastic in the first time you know he cracked the undisputed gold so I think he needs one more top top win but if I'm Dana White I've already butchered this 170 uh matchmaking because the fight that you needed to make was Colby Covington and Bilal Muhammad as the co-main for Usman and Leon Edwards three that was the fight that determines the next contender that shuts up Gilbert Burns and anybody else who wants to uh claim a shot at the title but they didn't do it so that we're kind of messed up at 170. Where Bane does Hamzad feature in all this? Because I feel like we talk about all these different guys, and then we're like, oh, yeah, he's the scariest one, and probably the one that will be favored yeah. as far as the betting goes against anybody he steps in there with. So where's he in this whole mix? It's tough because he had a layup at UFC 279 and came in nine pounds overweight. That guy's untrustworthy, and he's not helping out the business by ruining that pay-per-view, ruining that opportunity. All you needed to do was stick to the script, Hamzat. You couldn't do it. So I think maybe 185. I'd love to see Hamzat Chmaev and Paolo Costa. I think that that would be a fantastic matchup and a good welcoming to that middleweight rankings. But I don't know. If I'm Dana, I'm kind of closing the door on 170 because that's a that's a dick move right there, showing up nine pounds <laughs> overweight. <laughs> Uh, with the with the uh, the 170 division right now and Colby taking on Leon, how do you see that one going, man? Do you think that uh, it's you know Colby? As much as people get annoyed by him, he is still very good, and you know it's he's very close to beating Kamar Usman. Do you think that Leon still keeps his belt in that matchup? Yeah, that's the operative term right there. Very close. He didn't beat him. Colby Covington's greatest career achievement is losing to Kamaru Usman on two separate occasions. To me, that doesn't really do a whole heck of a lot when I evaluate him as a competitor. Really athletic, gifted grappler, but the improvements that Leon Edwards has made in denying the clinch, denying these takedowns, and mitigating any level of offensive wrestling, it's unprecedented i didn't expect it coming into this third fight with kamaru usman but now that he's done it and you got a guy like covington who's got less success takedown wise than usman less power less athleticism yeah i think edwards is going to school him i think leon's going to touch him up on the feet covington's going to get a bit desperate and we'll see maybe he gets finished again i don't know but i don't think covington deserves the shot i know it's what's going to happen but boy i'm an unhappy camper about it Follow our guest at Ben the Bane Davis on Twitter. Bane, good friend of the show, coming to Kansas City. UFC's coming to Kansas City. Uh, we'll get there in just a minute. But Khabib came out with his all-time top 15 fighters list, and he didn't put himself on there. Where would you have him on that list? Ah, oh, it's a tough one. It's a difficult 
question because as dominant as Habib Nurmagomedov was, and there are few who are as dominant or more dominant, he just didn't have the stacked resume, the title defenses that, in my opinion, really weigh the scales in his favor. I'd put him top 10 all time. I think he's he's at least six or seven, but there's just a couple people I'd put ahead of him. And people that have losses, you know, I'd put Jose Aldo decently ahead of Habib Nurmagomedov as Tell much him, as... Exactly, dude. The King of Rio. How could you dispute the success at featherweight going down to 135 late in his career and nearly winning the belt? Like that guy, in my opinion, is better pound for pound all time. But it it goes back to your definition. You know, it's a subjective argument. It's so stupid. You know, what do you define as pound for pound? That's different from me, Brandon and Sean. So ah, it's uh, it's dumb. I think he's up there. He's a fantastic fighter. And and I'm glad he didn't put himself. That's that's a respectful, humble move. Mm hmm. It is a good move. I, the thing I just was annoyed with on him is is going with slash on guys like if right. he's <laughs> a lot of spots, like, yeah. you, got, you got to cut some guys off the top. Of the like, you got to keep going with Khabib. Like you know, I, I want your thoughts on this, Bane, because I saw you mention this on Twitter. I thought it was hilarious too. What is your thoughts on Dana White uh, being mad at the media for instigating fights? When oh, he was pissed. Yeah. He was big mad. Is built big to man. instigate fights, and they are. And you know, if there are any things that they will definitely be in pay-per-view buildups and countdowns and all that stuff. So what do you get of him being mad at the media for doing what is good for business? If I credential a, you know, a a chimpanzee and I'm mad when the chimpanzee starts acting like a chimpanzee, (laughs) guess who the blame is on? It's on me. I credential that chimpanzee. So, you know, I I think that if you want to start drawing the line and getting upset about these certain things, you got to evaluate who you're letting in the door. And I'm going to say this. I love all the media members, man. They bring such a unique wrinkle. Everybody's got their own style and own flavor. And like you just said, that creates marketable moments. So if I'm Dana White, the last thing I'm going to do is slam these guys. Maybe they asked them questions absolutely but that's kind of anticipated i think it was one of the things i think it was one of those things too with like just in this situation particularly you had two guys that you know will fight outside of fights like when it's kevin holland they're just two (laughs) two of the guys that you're like you know what we actually really do need security for them because they will fight they will scrap or whatever (laughs) i was just gonna i was gonna invite you to the zoo and we were talking about chimpanzees i was thinking you're gonna meet kids so you want to go to the zoo let's go to the zoo baby i I gotta get some some kettle corn and some slurpees and we'll (laughs) oh done funnel cake and all the whole thing Uh, at ben the bane davis joining us here on tapped out saturday night in kansas city ufc the octagon is back main event max holloway versus arnold almighty allen max comes in as a slight favorite which way you leaning Man, I'll tell you what, gang, when I come out of here for these breakdowns, a lot of it's more just me speaking out my ass sometimes. But I've got a dissertation for you this time around. Why Max Holloway beats Arnold Allen? Let's talk about output. Triple A and eight UFC fights that have gone past round two. He's landed 338 strikes, about 34 minutes inside the octagon. Holloway in his last eight has landed 1,638. But the question is, that's three hours of octagon time, gang. Holloway's got a lot more which to work. I agree. Let's talk about first rounds. Triple A has landed 143 out of 293 in the first round of his last six fights. It's 48% accuracy. That's one out of every two shots. Baby, it's sneaking through. Highest was TKOing Hooker with 49 out of 84 strikes. Good numbers. Holloway has landed 167 out of 356 strikes in the first round of his last six. 46% accuracy. Guys, that's about dead even through the first five minutes. But let's take it to the third round. 
Let's take it after we move past those first 10 minutes and the fight gets figured out. Otto Dallin has landed 71 strikes in the third round of his last six fights that have made it to the third. It's out of 157, 45% accuracy. Okay, he maintains that accuracy, that precision. Holloway's landed 206 out of 436 attempts in the third round of those aforementioned six. Same accuracy, significantly higher output. I think that that's going to be the tale of this tape. Max Holloway, he's 19-1 and when he's outlanded his opponents. That only loss being to Dustin Poirier at UFC 236. He landed 180, 178 to Poirier's 178 in the decision loss. So it's like a three-strike differential. 19-1. and and I know that he's going to out-volume Arnold Allen. So we go to the other wrinkles of mixed martial arts, the grappling. Triple A's landed 11 takedowns in his UFC career. Eight of those came between 2015 and 2017 uh, in his first three UFC fights. He landed two takedowns on five attempts on Yousef, Sadiq Yousef, and accrued about five minutes of control time. All well and good. Those are pedestrian numbers. No problem there. Let's take it over to Max Holloway. He's, de- he's defended 37 of the last 43 takedowns he's faced. Rodriguez went one for five. Poirier went one for eight. Mm. Volkanovski went three and 13 in their trilogy. Edgar went one for 15 on takedowns. So Arnold's not taking Max Holloway down. He's not going to outvalue him. Where does he win? I don't think he does. Guys, the only two names that have beaten Max Holloway since January of 2014 are Dustin Poirier and Alex Volkanovski. I simply don't see Mr. Almighty adding himself to that list. I like Arnold, but this is a big step up. And the win over Dan Hooker, who was one in three at the time, doesn't prove a ton. The win over Calvin Cater, bit of a dispute, kind of an ACL blowout right there. So kind of controversial. This is a step up. He hasn't faced anybody like it. He's going to get smacked, fellas. Where do you think he gets the win like you think he does? What does he do? Like, is he just the biggest Yair Rodriguez fan on the planet? Or do you think there is a <laughs> or do you think there's a world where he does get another crack at Volk? You know, based on Max Holloway's statements this week, he did a fantastic interview with both Megan Anderson and Brett Akamoto. And one thing that stayed consistent between both chats is he believes he's the best in the world at 145. He believes that, you know, him and Volkanovsky are destined to run it back for a fourth occasion. I don't. I don't have a lot of interest in that one. I love Max Blessed Holloway, but I think the proper move would be with a win here uh, or a loss even or a draw, move up to 155. Take the time off, bulk up, head to lightweight, get that fight with Dustin Poirier back, maybe fight Gaethje, maybe take on RDA. Like there's some big marketable fights for him and I, I don't see him winning the featherweight belt. So to me, it begs the question, why stay in the division? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How about that Edson Barbosa Billy Q fight? That's a banger. <laughs> Let's talk about it. My boy Billy Cortillo getting that top 15 ranking. I love Edson Barbosa. Junior is one of the greatest strikers in mixed martial arts, but 
Let's talk present. He's three and seven in his last 10 fights, currently riding a two-fight skid to Giga Chikadze and Bryce Mitchell. Corintillo, on the other hand, let's flip those numbers. He's seven and three in his last 10, riding a second-round TKO over Alexander Hernandez in December. What's led to him losing, right? Those two most recent losses to Shane Burgos and Gavin Tucker, when you look at the tape, you, you, you watch the fight, it's because he couldn't get the game plan going. Billy Corintillo, sometimes a slower fighter. He's kind of plodding forward, working, you know, the strikes and the, the grappling. But the thing in those fights that's going to carry into this and lead to success is pressure. Billy Corintillo stays in your face. He will throw strikes. He will outland. He will outgrapple. He's going to outwork you. And Edson Barboza historically has had some serious issues with pressure. When guys push back against those black lines, he kind of crumbles. And that's what BQ is going to do in KC this weekend. Man. That's a hell of a breakdown. Before we get That's you out of here, about. before we get you out of here, Bane, uh, big news this week. Nate Diaz is going to be the next one up against uh, Jake Paul. How much does that one tickle your fancy? And uh, will Nate God. will he be uh, will be he be victorious when this one goes down? This is the dumbest fight ever. <laughs> this is so dumb. Uh, Nate Diaz is a lightweight, guys. He's puffing himself up to one eighty five. There's not a lot of physical advantages he has and at his age i don't know if the skill advantage is going to be there jake paul's big kid and he's taken this seriously the last five or six years i think that nate diaz should beat him i mean nate's a great boxer and with that stockton 209 army you know that during fight week jake paul's gonna he's gonna have a mental warfare that he hasn't experienced since uh tommy fury didn't give it to him anderson silva didn't give him that level of mental warfare but when those stockton guys get around you and they start chirping I think Jake Paul might crumble a little bit inside the head, but in the ring, I anticipate Jake Paul to win. Great stuff, as always, at Ben the Bane Davis on Twitter. We got a big weekend now. So we got we a barbecue, we got the zoo, and then we got a little <laughs> UFC action all in Kansas City coming up on Saturday night. Thanks, Bane. Looking forward to seeing you, man. Thank you, fellas. I'll see you soon.